Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Kong Sun with Believe and SDSU Basketball here on the Believe Podcast Network, number one sports podcast network where you can get a show uh, for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this episode, we're going to take a look back at the week against New Mexico and Boise State for both the men's and women's side. And without further ado, here we go. Starting off with the women, we started the week at New Mexico on Wednesday the 12th. Came away with a 67-58 to victory. We started off very uh, hot on fire and as bad as good of a basketball as we could play. Uh, starting the first quarter with a 13-2 run. And we basically just sort of rode that momentum to try and hold New Mexico as best as we could. The other three quarters, we were outscored 49-41. to So it was very... It turned out that it was pretty crucial that we um, got that hot start. We had four Aztecs in double figures, and we are also able to overcome a quite disastrous 22 turnover game as a team while only dishing out 13 assists. So um, this seems to be the consistent theme with the Lady Aztecs in terms of not being able to cut down on their turnovers and or not uh, kind of playing in a, in a style that yields a lot in assists. And for me, the reason why these assists really matter when I'm looking at the game is and a high number of assists just to me indicates that there's open shots or easy layups uh, as a result of it. And when you see like a low number of assists, Win or not, it typically means that we're sort of resulting in the um, quick offense that college basketball teams typically go through with eight seconds or less left on the shot clock or kind of got to go one-on-one. And and I personally just don't believe that that's a winning recipe for basketball. And that's what seems to happen with the women's team, um, with Taylor and Sophia being able to kind of create their own shot and shots for others. I wonder if they're relying on that aspect of the team a little too much. Um, but I digress. Um, on the flip side, we were able to hold New Mexico to just 12 points off of those 22 turnovers, which means, I mean, kind of just doing real quick, simple math. I'm pretty sure it wasn't exactly like this, but... Out of the 22 turnovers, if you get, what, that's like just six buckets, that's not too bad. I mean, that means they're able to recover. These turnovers aren't uh, scenarios where, as you're told, at a very early age, if you're driving towards the rim to never pass behind you. So it seems like while the fundamentals are there, maybe it's just cleaning up a little bit of the plays or maybe cleaning up how to read and react to what the defense gives you. Um, again, on the flip side, we grabbed a, a monstrous amount of rebounds, 46 in total. We had seven players with at least 
five rebounds apiece, which is just means everyone's going, boxing out, um, taking care of, you know, making sure or limiting, I should say, the offensive rebounds for New Mexico. So that was also very impressive. And the strategy, just at least in the first quarter, was to really attack the rim, try to get the floaters off the bigs or um, kick out for corner threes, corner jumpers, or out to the wing. Um, Taylor contributed with 17 points, and Sophia had 16. And they were able to hold the Lobos to just 1 of 17 shooting from 3 while converting 8 of 15 from 3 on their end. Um, we only had 8 free throw attempts, but we were knocked down 7 of them, uh, while New Mexico was 11 for 20. So this seems like the classic theme of the women's basketball team this season. There's a lot of high points to, to really be proud of, and then there's a lot of... Um, room for improvement in a lot of other facets, particularly with the assist-to-turnover ratio. Um, I was, but I was glad we were able to sneak out with the rim win uh, because, unfortunately, on Saturday against Boise State, we were not able to come away with another victory. We lost in overtime 67-69. to Taylor Calmer uh, just couldn't get a clean look in the final possession uh, about Three, a little less than three seconds left. Caught the ball at the left corner and tried to, what looked like to be, try to draw um, a foul and throw the ball up. And unfortunately, uh, there was no whistle on the play. Sophia had quite of a quite a game. 25 points, 14 rebounds. She was able to just hit all the key shots in clutch situations, including the three to send the game into overtime. Last week, we talked about containing Mallory McGuire at Boise State, and we were able to do so. Um, she is very capable of just contributing in all facets of the game. I believe she averaged a little over eight rebounds, 11 points, and a little over one and a half blocks or close to one and a half blocks a game. So we were able to make her work. She had 11 points on five for 10 shooting. Seven rebounds and no blocks. So a lot of their production came off the bench. Jade Lovell or Lovell contributed a 2011 game off the bench for the Broncos and the Aztecs got rebounded, got out rebounded 39 to 55. Um, we definitely cleaned it up a lot better. Only 10 turnovers and 11 assists in the game. So a positive assist to turnover ratio. Uh, however, it seemed like Boise State just sort of had their way on the boards all night. We gave up 18 offensive rebounds, and that led to 14 second-chance points. Uh, so all in all, we have a split record, or went 500 during the week. So we're at 7-8 and eight in Mountain West Conference play. Good enough to stay in sixth place. Um, you know, this week sort of, captured that moment that I just alluded to earlier. A lot of key moments, a lot of cool things that happened that was something you can really hang your hat on, but also there's a lot of aspects of um, of the season that sort of felt like that there was just needed to be a little bit more, and that's the sense that I got in these two games for the women. 
Um, for the men, we started off on a unique schedule, starting off with a game against New Mexico on Tuesday on ESPN2. Came out with an 82-59 to win. Um, despite the lopsided score, we were only up two at half, so we used 47 to 26 second half to win comfortably. And this game ended up locking up the conference title for San Diego State with four games to play. Um, New Mexico's best player, Jaquan Lyle, had a little tough night, and I want to say it was a lot uh, contributing to the Aztec defense. Um, Jaquan was only able to get eight points off of three, 11, three for 11 shooting and four turnovers. And we're able to convert, or I'm sorry, we're able to get 18 New Mexico turnovers and convert them into 15 points. Um, this is, this game to me really signaled Matt Mitchell as the definite number two option after Malachi. Definitely showed tonight. Uh, 22 points, or I'm sorry, not tonight, Tuesday night. 22 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and a thunderous dunk that I couldn't help but just scream at the TV for about 20 seconds straight. Uh, hopefully it made it to the top 10 ESPN because that I don't even know how he was able to dunk it, to be honest. It looked like he was about to... He cocked it back. It looked like he was about to lose it and somehow just dunked it home with uh, just a force that I just wasn't expecting at all. Um, Yanni also had a great game, 20 points, 9 rebounds. We're able to hold the Lobos to just 1 of 15 from 3 in the second half. And it was sort of the trademark Aztec defense in the second half um, we were able to hold the lead for about 26 minutes of game time which was pretty impressive and for me the moment of the game was about nine minutes left in the second half so Jaquan Lyle makes a layup 55 to 44 we're up 11 and from nine minutes left to about 541 left in the game we go on a 12 and 0 run to make it 67 to 44 with a timeout. And from there, it was just sort of, you can match bucket for bucket. You can let the team go on a little bit of a run, but that kind of a comfortable lead changes the mindset, the mentality, the flow, the momentum, everything about the game. So that was very, uh, for me that not just a turning point, but it, it just turned to stay with the Aztecs. Um, then we took that momentum to Sunday against Boise State, where we won 72-55, to five players in double figures. This was uh, a Malachi game, and we really haven't had a Malachi game, I want to say, last three or four. It's, he, he typically has, has had a bit of a rough shooting night the last couple of weeks, but this one you can really see, get the sense of... Uh, his identity from facilitating to scoring to defense um, just be everywhere in this game. 22 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. The announcers were commenting how there were NBA scouts at the game for Malachi and how there, he was making a lot of NBA moves. One in particular that really stood out 
was a drive towards the key. When I say in the first half, I think it was like 11 or 10 minutes left. I could be wrong. So about halfway through the first half, um, just a quick runner off balance, fading to a side, running off the wrong foot and made it look like he was doing it in warm up. So that was pretty crazy. Um, but you, you just kind of got the sense that he was there to really, um, insert himself into the game. A lot of those dribble handoffs, he would sort of reject the screen, pump fake the, the jumper or the wing three and try to get the defense to focus on him a little bit more. And then he would have a reaction to that. A lot of times in the last couple of weeks, you might see him. Um, and by the way, this is not bad, but you might see him sort of going through the play. So if he takes a dribble handoff, he'll take the screen, pass it along to KJ or Jordan or anybody else out there on the wing and kind of keep the ball going. But for him, to in this game, you kind of see him doing his own thing a little bit and kind of getting the attention to him, then creating the play. So I was really impressed by him today. The Aztecs only committed eight turnovers while we were able to force 15 Boise State turnovers, and that led to 18 points. Um, Justinian Jessup was really good. I mean, 22 points. I think he only missed like four shots. Had a had an array of moves to get shots off, and there were there was a three I think in the beginning of the game where Yanni just basically high fived him, and it was bottoms. It was nothing but net, and I kind of got the sense at that point that. Yeah, he came to play today. But Boise State only had about seven assists as a team. So that to me is sort of the Aztec defense forcing and and sort of slowing things down just enough for them to not be able to get those easy buckets. It was a really clean game. I think the first foul for Boise State and the Aztecs were about halfway through the first half. The Aztecs only committed seven fouls the entire game and Boise State committed only 11. Um, I did feel good about it from the very beginning just because the way that Boise State had to score were an array of crazy step back threes from Jessup or crazy runners that had to get a, a shooter's touch. It just didn't feel like they were getting into the flow of their offense. While on the flip side, the Aztecs were getting layups and jumpers to go in, um, a lot of them being open or, you know, sort of contested, but we all knew that there wasn't, they weren't going to block it without fouling kind of thing. So, uh, the energy was great from beginning to end. I think, uh, there was a moment after, Jer- uh, Derek Alston jumper made it 25 to 21. SDSU up by 5 with 5.46 left in the first half. We were able to make um, a quick run, 7-0 run, to make it 32-21. to And that was enough separation to continue to um, push into a, I think it was like a 40-26 to halftime. Or it was 40-26 to at half. And then... The second half, we were just trading blows the entire time. So that 
little quick 7-0 run was enough to create the separation we need to carry that for the rest of the game. Um, and I'm really proud of this team. I mean, I feel like they're really gelling as a team, coming together. They're really working on, on teamwork, flipping the switch, so to speak. So sometimes in these last few games, you see them tied or down at half, and then they really use the second half to see these scores that if you didn't watch the game, you would just think, oh, it must be an easy game. And that mentality that they have to go in at halftime and make those adjustments and say, hey, we got to do better. With Coach Dutch issuing a public challenge of trying to go undefeated and running the table, it's inspiring for me because I get to see just how bad these guys want it. Being a mid-major, being that we're ranked fourth in the country with while still being doubted because we're not playing quote-unquote real competition. A lot of these guys are transfers, so they went to a place they thought they were wanted and for whatever reason just didn't work out. You know, there's a lot of these different reasons why all of these guys came together. And they're really taking that seriously, and and that's really exciting. So um, next week's going to be a short week, just one game for both men and women. We'll get into that in the next episode. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to us on iTunes. We're also available wherever podcasts can be found. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. If you are interested in advertising in the show, please reach out to us at Believe.com. I'm at N-A-S-G-N-A-K, which is my name backwards, on Instagram. Feel free to give me a shout if you want to talk hoops. And until next time, go Aztecs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.